another episode of Caffeine and High Hopes. I am your host, Danny, and I am coming at you from the home studio today. Just makes me feel a little bit better saying it that way than <laughs> acknowledging that I am stuck at home for the next two weeks. So last week, I didn't have an episode because I was supposed to be in Australia still, um, ended up anyways, it didn't work out, a whole story with that, so I apologize for not having an episode out last week, I was supposed to have a few scheduled, things didn't work out, whatever, so I just thought, well, we'll leave it and pick up for this week, so a lot has happened in a short amount of time. So I'm gonna kind of just start from the beginning. I really don't have um, a script or a set list of things I want to talk about today just because my mind is all over the place and I kind of just wanted to come on here, talk to you guys, get everything out, tell you what's going on, what's happening in my life and my world right now. Um, I'm sure a lot of you can relate given the current circumstances. I feel like we're all feeling the same right now and dealing with the same things and emotions so yeah we're just going to kind of dive into that and uh, take it from there basically so two weeks ago I had my trip to Australia planned which you all knew about uh, I was very very excited so on the 9th which was my birthday it was a Monday I drove out to Edmonton. I worked for the morning, drove out to Edmonton, um, stayed there overnight, and then my flight was for Tuesday at like 12.45. So perfect. I was there. This was kind of before shit started hitting the fan. The biggest worry was picking up the coronavirus throughout the airports, but I was ready with my hand sanitizer and my Clorox wipes and everything, I was just like, nope, it's going to be fine. This is going to be an incredible trip. This is something that I have waited for for a very long time and I've always wanted to do. So anyways, get to the airport on the Tuesday. It's like a ghost town, which was a little unsettling and very, very weird. It literally took me two minutes to check in, go through security and get to my gate there really wasn't anyone on my first flight, so my flights were from Edmonton to LA and then from LA straight over to Melbourne. So yeah, the first flight, there was really nobody on there. I had a whole row to myself, so I was like, okay, this isn't so bad, whatever. And get to LAX, which I don't know if any of you, probably some of you have been to LAX, but what a gong show <laughs> that airport is and I know people say it's cliche and stuff but you do not get the same type of friendliness and service anywhere else compared to Canada when it comes to airports and stuff like that you can definitely tell when you're not in Canada when it comes to people acknowledging you and helping you so I get to LAX I had like a six hour layover which was just insane and it's a massive, massive airport. You, which I didn't, I mean, I knew it was big, but I didn't really realize the extent of it. So I was very confused 
about having to leave the terminal that I was in, go outside, find the other terminal that I needed to be in and go through all that. So it took me a little while to actually find my gate and then, well, actually not even find my gate, to find my terminal. I had no idea what my gate was going to be because I was so early that they hadn't had it scheduled yet. And anyways, it was just a lot. And I ended up, finally found the gate, I think at like 8 o'clock at night or something because the flight wasn't until 10. So whatever got there, there really wasn't that many people waiting around. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) we literally start to board they like lined us all up and got us ready and the captain comes running out grabs the mic and starts explaining that we don't know if we're gonna leave or not or if they can get us there because the other captain had a family emergency and had to leave so we were getting notifications on our phones that our flight was canceled that we weren't going to be able to get on and so at that point I mean that was like 10 30 at night so we're all just like what do we do like do we get a hotel like what's happening so what they ended up doing was they were able to fly us from LA to Brisbane and then we had to refuel get a new crew and then go from there to Melbourne which whatever I'm like I don't even care (laughs) I just want to get there So we actually didn't leave until probably an hour later. It was probably closer to midnight by the time we got out of LA. And then from having to stop in Brisbane and refuel and do all that, it added an extra two hours onto, well, probably almost three hours onto our whole travel time. So I ended up being on the airplane for close to 18 hours um, from leaving LA. So that was a little interesting. One cool part of it, though, was that the row that I was in, there was nobody in the middle seat, so it was kind of nice. There was uh, another lady in the window seat, lady, I mean, I think she was younger than me, Um, and we actually hit it off really well, and she was super awesome to visit with, and found out we were both fellow Pisces, we had a lot in common, and it was it was awesome. It was such an enjoyable flight because of that. And we really connected and we added each other on Instagram after like, I totally made a new little friend, which is not (laughs) usual for me. I usually kind of keep to myself in public, but I was like, you know what, whatever. We're on this plane for this long together. We might as well visit and get to know each other. So that was pretty cool. I was kind of proud of myself for that. Um, And anyways, so we finally get to Melbourne we were supposed to land at like nine in the morning and I don't think we landed until I think 11 30 ish by the time I got out of the airport it was closer to noon um and then that was I mean I I was pretty much awake by then like I wasn't super jet lagged or anything um Riley picked me up and we had about an hour and a half drive to get to Alexandra so it was gorgeous. It was super nice. And there really wasn't any panic or worry or concern about everything that's going on. So I was kind of like, hey, this is great. Like kind of off to a not quite a rocky start with the delays and stuff. But I was like, whatever, I'm here now. Like it's beautiful out. We're going to get a late lunch and going to enjoy a beer and the sunshine and whatever. Life was good. So 
we ended up, well, how should I start this? I'll tell you all the stuff that we did because it was an amazing trip. Um, I really, really enjoyed myself. We did pretty much everything that we had on our list of things to do. So the first day we kind of just hung around um, Alexandra. We went up to some falls. The The road coming in we took, it's called the Blackspur Road. It's incredible. Like it is this windy road that has eucalyptus trees and these big ferns and everything surrounding it. It's a super narrow road. Like you can't go very fast. There's no shoulders and it's just like a zigzag basically but the views were incredible so we had checked that out and pretty much most of the roads around there were like that and anyways we went up to some falls um did a lot of sightseeing went to some rapids for lunch we kind of we packed a lunch had a little picnic and um then from there we went up to like Aildin, i think it's called and it's gorgeous like there's this huge lookout point um that you can go up and see everything and it was it was just amazing the water was such a cool color and uh, then it started to like pour rain as soon as we left there um so then we went up to basically like a lakeside pub so you kind of just sitting along the water we got a beer of course and um just kind of toured around that first day and it was just it was so nice to see everything and how green everything was and it wasn't super super hot which I was thankful for and it just kind of reminded me of like southern Alberta a little bit with like the rolling hills and stuff but I would have to say hands down the best one of the best parts of that day was we were driving along and we rolled the windows down and you could literally smell like the tea tree oil from the trees and the eucalyptus from the eucalyptus trees and it was just so nice and so refreshing and I'm like I never want to come home <laughs> like I I really loved it down there so that was the first day the people that Riley was renting from were absolutely amazing. They were so, so nice and so accommodating. The first night that I got there, they made me Vegemite on toast because obviously you have to try it. And it was different. I mean, I wouldn't say that it was my absolute favorite thing to ever eat, but uh, it wasn't awful. You have to do it with butter. They always do... Um, margarine and then put that on top it's kind of bitter like it's almost like a molasses I guess you could compare it to so that was kind of interesting it's very very salty <laughs> um, but it was good and they just they really made me feel really welcome and at home there so that was definitely the cherry on top um, the second day so the Saturday we ended up we got VIP passes to the Heelsville Animal Sanctuary and that hands down was a highlight of the trip if you were ever over there I highly highly suggest you check it out so the VIP package is they give you a personal tour it's only groups of 10 and I think I don't think we had the full 10 there I think there was only eight of us six or eight of us I think and um, they give you a private tour for two hours which you get to like go in the pens with the koalas you can't touch them because it stresses them out and hurts their system but you get to get right up close to them and see them I mean they're sleeping most of the time but they're so freaking cute 
and then they give you kind of information on any everything at each stop and then you get to go in with the kangaroos and you get to feed them and pet them these are the smaller ones not the big ones and kind of just get like right up close to them and it was absolutely amazing they were so soft and so sweet and I wasn't fully expecting that we were going to be able to get like that up close and personal with them so that was pretty amazing um it's a really well-run sanctuary so like with the kangaroos they kind of have free run everywhere like there's little kind of rope fences up just to keep people on the path and stuff but the animals have full range um same within any of the bird pens and stuff so you go in there and they're just flying around so it definitely it it wasn't like a zoo it wasn't like captivity kind of feel like it's a big open place and the animals are kind of doing their own thing obviously like the dingoes and stuff were in their own spots and you uh you didn't get to go in there unless you were doing a private tour and stuff but we also got to go to a bird show so it was um oh, I can't remember the name of it something predator anyways it was it was pretty neat so you're all sitting in this big like outdoor auditorium kind of thing and they've trained these birds to like fly from certain areas and like kind of swoop past you and stuff so like they're like just about touching your head basically and uh they had parrots and a whole bunch of other like I'm trying to think there was like a hawk kind of thing some owls it was really neat and you really got to see them up close and I couldn't believe how they had them trained so well so that was pretty interesting and then that was kind of the end of the tour and then after the tour we just had full range to go see everything else so we pretty much spent the whole day there saw absolutely everything took our time it was kind of a cooler day which I think it was only like maybe 18 19 so we were fine and loving it um everyone else had like sweaters and scarves and stuff on um so it was kind of nice like it wasn't as busy so we got to check out everything um afterwards we found a really nice little brewery that we went to a lot of the places there are like family run so that was really neat and a lot of local local companies and stuff were kind of working together so that was really cool to see um so we got we got some pizza some homemade pizza and uh, a beer and just kind of chilled out for the afternoon made the drive back saw some sights on the way back and yeah it was just it was a really good day so that was Saturday the full like second day there on the third day which would have been the Sunday was when shit kind of started to hit the fan um just because with the rapid increase of the coronavirus situation I woke up to a bunch of messages and texts and stuff saying like hey you need to come home like they're potentially shutting down air travel international travel like you need to rebook your flights we need to get you back into Canada as soon as we can so kind of woke up in a panic when I saw that and was kind of assessing the situation trying to decide what to do like it was only Sunday I wasn't supposed to fly back until Friday so I was like what do I do I've traveled like two full days to get here and I've only had three real 
days there, um, not even quite yet because it was just Sunday morning. And so there was a lot of emotions involved. And what ended up happening was we spent most of Sunday can trying to cancel my original flights, which didn't end up happening because this everyone was panicking and you couldn't get through anywhere. Like at one point I was trying to call and I, the wait time for calls on hold was like four or five hours. So I'm like, awesome. <laughs> and then the one place that wanted, they, they actually closed down their phone lines and said to email them or leave a voice message. Well, their voice messaging was full. So I was like, well, we'll just try our luck and email it and hopefully they eventually get back to me. And I ended up having to rebook flights that day, get that organized, and was able to book flights for the Tuesday, which we weren't sure if that was going to be early enough or what, but I was like, it's already, by this point, like Sunday was half over. I was like, I at least want one more day for us to do anything and to drive into Melbourne. Um, that way then we can just go straight to the airport from there on Tuesday morning. So... We pretty much spent all day Sunday dealing with that nightmare of things and then we went out for supper that night with a few people that Riley had worked with and their wives and it was a really, really nice evening. It was the last night in Alexandra so there was a gorgeous, gorgeous sunset walking back and it was kind of, it was a good way to end things but it was also kind of sad to think that that was the last night there um, we decided on Monday that we would drive into the city because it was about I guess almost two hour drive in so we're like well we might as well drive in because my flight was leaving fairly early on the Tuesday morning so we got organized got ready drove into the city Monday morning and did as much sightseeing and as many things as we could in Melbourne because we were supposed to have three days there at an Airbnb right along the beach and so of course I had to cancel that. Uh, we were also scheduled in for a wine tour, had to cancel that. So we got into Melbourne on I guess well it was Monday, Monday around noon or somewhere around there, one maybe. And we figured out the public transit system a little bit <laughs> and uh, hopped on there. We, well, we checked into the Airbnb, got that organized, found our way to the public transit, got on, got down to the city center and just started walking. Um, we had a really good kind of later lunch at this like diner place. Um, they had an excellent, excellent ginger beer. And we did that and then I really wanted to see all the graffiti in the alleyways. So Melbourne is really known for their street art and I absolutely adore any form of art. So I was like, we have to go check this out. They were all pretty close together. So we walked and walked and walked and walked and found it, which I mean, this is kind of my small town vibes are showing, but I have never, and I mean, I've been to cities and stuff, whatever, but Melbourne was a whole new thing for me with the amount of people and traffic and it was just it was slightly overwhelming there was people everywhere and um, by the time we got to the alleys that had all the street art and stuff there wasn't as many 
So that was kind of nice. We got to check everything out. It, it's pretty incredible to see what people have done um, and just the creativity behind it. I really enjoyed that part of it. So we did that. And then we made our way to St. Kilda, which was where we were supposed to stay, where Airbnb was supposed to be. Um, so we made our way there, went to the pier, walked the whole pier. Uh, they had the section closed off where you could kind of go along the rocks and where the penguins usually come out. Um, it just said due to public safety, they had closed it. So I don't know what had went on um, or if it was just extra precautions with everything that was going on. So we ended up, we came all the way back down the pier obviously had to go in the ocean so got ditched our shoes and ran in there and it was just gorgeous and so nice and it was just I wish we could have spent the whole day there but I mean we couldn't and so we kind of did that for a bit uh we ended up we did get to go to the one little bar slash restaurant that was on our list that is literally right beside the beach so we did that had a drink uh, kind of chilled out there for a bit and then we made our way down to we ended up going to this amazing amazing pub brewery kind of thing and uh, I'll link it actually on my Instagram there so it was it had its own like full list of beers that they made and it was very like you walk in there and the whole place is full of plants like hanging from the ceiling just everywhere it was totally my vibe I was like in heaven um and what we ended up doing was you could get samples of each beer that they had um it came in a flight of six and there were decent sized samples um so we're like well we picked six that we really wanted to try there was a really really good dark stout that I absolutely loved it was so smooth I think it was like a milk stout or something and uh so we ended up doing that loved all of them like every single one that we tried we're like this is amazing uh their IPAs were really good their pale ales it was just it was so good so then we ended up there was still some that we hadn't tried so we're like well we might as well get another flight of them and try the rest of them and I mean we didn't really we hadn't really drank much since I had got there and I mean it was our last night there so we're like whatever this is what we're gonna do um then we ended up staying there for supper after having all of our samples and uh we ended up ordering because you could share um some of the main meals that they had there so we ended up ordering the brisket with the homemade coleslaw and then we got um then some kind of like pita bread and homemade hummus as well so we get it and I have never ever in my life had as good a brisket as I had that night it was incredible the sauce that they had on it was absolutely insane the homemade coleslaw was just it went so well together like everything was so so good and then we ended up getting like an apple crumble for dessert and that was just as amazing like it we really couldn't have asked for a better last night there um so I was really really grateful that it all went well and that we were able to see so much and do so much and really enjoy it because we didn't necessarily have a set plan we just knew kind of what we had wanted to see um prior to everything and I mean even though we didn't get to spend a ton of time in the city we we saw a lot for the amount of time that we did have there so 
I, I was really grateful for all of that. Like we had such a good time. Um, there was no, well, the only thing <laughs> I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there an hour when I first got in. I of course like showered as soon as I got there after being on a plane for almost 20 hours and didn't really, I didn't even think, but, um, the, the plugins there are different. So thankfully Riley had an adapter and I was like, oh, well, I'll just blow dry my hair. Didn't even look at what the blow dryer had said or anything <laughs> and got about two minutes into blow drying my hair and ended up blowing up his whole adapter <laughs> and plug in and all the power went out in the house so we had to like reset the breakers and learn my lesson there you have to read the voltage on each thing because their voltage is a lot higher than what we are used to so there was too much power coming through so really other than that there the trip was amazing it was awesome we had so much fun we had a ton of laughs like it was just it was so nice to be there and see him and to see everything that we did get to see, um, it just got cut very, very short. So I ended up flying home on the Tuesday. So I had full four days <laughs> in Australia. Came home, the flight was, I mean, the airport itself getting dropped off that morning was incredibly packed there was people that were getting pulled off of cruise ships that had to basically come in and find a flight home so checking in it took me about an hour and a half just to check in and check my luggage because the lineup was so long um, and then on my ticket they didn't include the price for my checked bag of luggage so then I had to go deal with that and pay for it beforehand um that took a little while because there was a line up there as well. Uh, and then by the time I got through security, which took forever, there really wasn't much time left before like getting to the gate and boarding. Um, they did have a few extra precautions in place, but nothing too elaborate. And I mean, I gave myself about three hours before my flight and I think I maybe sat for half an hour before getting on the plane. So it it was a little tense um the plane was absolutely packed coming from melbourne to la a lot a lot of people that were having to get into the states um off the cruise ships and everything so that was a little interesting um there was an older couple with me in my row and we weren't even on the plane for 10 minutes and the older guy was having a meltdown because his headphones weren't working and he proceeded to like punch the TV screen in front of him and start like pulling on the armrest and hitting it and having a complete hissy fit. And like this guy was like late 60s, 70s maybe. So I was in the window seat and he was in the aisle, thank God. And his wife was like trying to calm him down and he was just flipping out over these headphones. So I was like, great, this is going to be a good 12 hour flight <laughs> like if this is how it's starting off so it was a little different and I mean because we left in the morning uh flight left at like 9 45 in the morning uh and then was a long flight over to LA so I was a little mixed up with sleep because when we landed in LA it was six in the morning so that definitely 
kind of messed with my time and everything and I wasn't sure like what day it was so we get into LA and this is where I mean if I thought I was stressed beforehand this just made it that much worse so we get into LA we're told that we have to recheck our luggage so we're gonna have to pick it up go to baggage claim pick up our luggage um recheck it get new tickets and uh go all the way back through security once once we're in the proper uh terminal so they said anyone who had connecting flights to there's a couple places in the states or vancouver which is where i was going that we were supposed to get these express check-in tags as soon as we got off the plane and go down the stairs so i'm like okay sweet just because i only had an hour and a half layover and they were expecting it to be very busy So I get down the stairs and I see they're holding up a sign um, for express check-ins and they had a list of all the connecting flights in the States that you could get these express check-ins for. So if you were flying to any of these places or had a connecting flight, you could get this bright orange slip and it would get you to the front of the line. So I stop and Vancouver isn't listed on there. They're like, oh no, we don't have that ready yet. And I'm like, well, that's weird because, I mean, it's the same amount of time as everyone else. But I thought, well, maybe there's just another checkpoint. So whatever, I continue on, wait forever for my luggage to come through. It took probably 45 minutes for me to finally get my luggage. Go to get in the exit line. And they're like, oh, express check-ins are right here. So I stop and I'm like, hey, like, showed them my boarding pass. Like, I... I have 45 minutes to get to my gate. They're boarding at this time. Like, is this where I can get my express check-in? And the lady looks at me and she goes, no. She's like, you should have got that when you got off the plane. I can't help you. And I was like, okay. I feel like there's a miscommunication here. Um, So I asked this other guy that was standing there that was working for the airport and he's like oh no no he's like you just need to go talk to a represent a representative um that's over by the baggage claim he's like go over there talk to her they'll get you set up and I'm like perfect because I'm starting to kind of panic a little bit because I'm running out of time so I go over to the lady by the baggage claim which is back from where I just came from and say the same thing to her like show her my boarding pass like you know got to get this express check-in because the lineup is insane and I now have like 35 minutes before my flight leaves and she goes no you should have got that right when you got off the plane and I explained to her that they told me they didn't have it ready yet and it was just for the connecting flights um, within the U.S. she goes oh sorry like I can't help you and then just turned away from me and I was just like cool fucking right on (laughs) and go back and basically the lineup to get out of this terminal so with LAX you have to physically leave the terminals and go outside the lineup to get outside was the whole length of the building it was absolutely insane and they wouldn't they wouldn't use your boarding pass Uh, to show that you had a flight they're like nope you need this bright orange piece of paper that your airline has signed and uh, so I was like well I guess we'll just see what happens so I waited in line waited in line finally got out of the terminal my boarding pass said I needed to get to terminal two because I was flying with WestJet Um, so 
that was about like three terminals down. So at this point, as soon as I got outside, I just started running. I mean, I'm in flip-flops, which was a rookie mistake. I should have changed into my runners, but ran all the way down to Terminal 2, hopped on an elevator to go to ticketing because I'm like, I don't know where I need to go, but whatever. Get to ticketing. They had to reprint me a boarding pass and see that I had already paid for my luggage. Um, and then they're like, Kate, cool. Like, here's your new boarding pass. You need to go to Terminal 3 now. And I was like, well it says terminal two. She's like, yeah, we do ticketing here, but now they've changed the gates and we're going to be flying out of terminal three. <laughs> so I was like, I literally had 20 minutes to get to my gate by this point. And so I was like, okay, fully prepared that I was going to miss my flight. I was like, there is no, it's physically impossible for me to get there on time. Cause I still had to go through security. So I leave that terminal, run my ass off all the way to terminal three, get in there huffing and puffing and sweating because I mean, I'm not in that great of shape right now and get in there, get in line, go to go through security. I'm just, I'm flying through there as soon as I got all my stuff, like not zipping anything up, just like grabbing my shit out of the buckets and running, get to the gate with six minutes to spare, um, I get there and I'm like, are you guys boarding yet? And they're like, no, no, like you've got a couple minutes, like don't panic. So I was like, okay, got myself a snack, got a bottle of water, went pee, come back, sit down, like all ready for them to board. And they announced that they are running behind and that the flight is now delayed because they're waiting on a crew member. <laughs> so I I mean, I was relieved, but at the same time, I'm like, I could have not stressed out as much as I did to get there if I had known, but I mean, how do you know? Whatever. So the flight ended up, it was like 45 minutes late, which I had a long layover. I had like a three hour layover in Vancouver, so I really didn't care. I was like, I just, I just need to get on there and have a nap and call her good. So after that, it was pretty uneventful. Um... You can definitely, I'll say this again, as soon as you get into Canada, the warm welcome and the amount of niceness and kindness that people show you there is so, so much nicer than any other airport. And I was just so grateful to be back into Canada. They definitely had things um, a lot more prepared, I would say, because I mean, there was no social distancing in any other airport. There was no nothing. They were cramming us in there like sardines. And literally the lady next to me was sneezing into her, the palm of her hands. And I was just like, this is disgusting. People are not following protocols. Like there was the odd person that had gloves and a mask on, but really nothing too serious um you get into Canada and as soon as you get off that plane actually as soon as you got on the plane they were handing out um Lysol wipes to wipe everything down if you had your own that's fine but they were taking extra precautions as soon as you got off the plane they were like how are you feeling do you have any symptoms um they got us on a bus and took us to our terminal that way rather than us having to go through the full airport so they definitely had a lot more precautions in place. Customs um, even had a special spot for like, you know, symptoms, check your symptoms. Um, where have you been? Like, have you just come from a high risk place? So there was a lot more protocols for that. Um, I mean, the airports were dead in Vancouver and Edmonton coming back. There really was nobody there. I got into Edmonton. 
was able to get to a hotel and just kind of bunker in and spend the night there, got my truck, and then left the next morning. So I got home last Wednesday, finally. It was Wednesday at like 4 o'clock at night. And kind of came home to a shit show. So, and I think it was just because things weren't as hyped up um, or I guess being taken as seriously over in Australia. But as soon as I got into Canada, reality kind of hit me of what was happening and how it was all happening um, and the fact that I had to make the decision because I knew I had to quarantine as soon as I got home, whatever. I knew that before I even left Australia. But my plan was to pick up Casey, come home, and just quarantine here with him. Um, once I started thinking about it a little bit more, I was like, no, that's a bad idea. Because if I unwillingly or unknowingly am carrying this coronavirus and give it to him he's going to be very, very sick. He is very prone to like chest and lung infections. Um, Normally when he gets sick with that kind of thing, he ends up being on a puffer. So I was like, I I can't, I can't do that. So when I made that realization that I would have to spend the two weeks without him, that he would have to spend a week with my mom and then his regularly scheduled week with his dad – it all hit me very, very hard. (laughs) Um, I pretty much sobbed that whole morning driving home just because between that and having to deal with coming here and being completely by myself and the fact that I had already been gone from him for a week was hard. And and then things with work, um, it was just a lot. Like, it it really all, and I think just because I was so preoccupied with traveling that it never really, I never really had time to think about it. And then the more I was reading about things and how serious it was and how bad it is, I was just like, holy shit. It all came tumbling down. Um, I was kind of in a daze for that first day home. Um trying to just pick up the pieces and figure out what the hell I should do because I am a small business owner um this that's my only income that's that's all that I have to pay my bills um we ended up making the decision to close to the public so I have a market and um like a little grocery kind of market and then I also see nutrition clients so the clients part was fine I was like I can do that all online we can Skype or Zoom or I can just do phone calls that's not a big deal but um, with the market that's where most of my income comes in my sales my market sales is what drives everything Um, and I mean this is a good learning curve for that to learn that you can't rely on it if something happens but that's just how it's been um been like that for a while I mean I have a decent amount of clients and that was fine I mean there are there's a monthly membership so I still have that but without the market sales um, I kind of started to panic a little bit because if I don't have that I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this Um, I have to keep 
keep the doors closed for two weeks for sure. Um, after that, I can look at doing deliveries and things like that, but I'm just worried by the time that comes around, it's going to be too far. Um, it was not an easy decision. Just given the circumstances and the people that were, you know, they weren't really coming out anyways. Um, I didn't really feel like it was necessary to pay my employee to sit in there if only one or two people were coming in. It was just a lot to think about. So I'm like, we, we just, we have to close. There's literally nothing else I can do about it because I'm at home and I can't leave. I can't go in. I can't meet people there. I can't do up bags for them. Um, I can't do deliveries. I can't do curbside pickups. Like, I my hands are tied. Um, and I don't think people understand the impact of that. Like, I there's so many, and I mean, it's not just me. There's people I know that own gyms in town, salons, spas, all those things, and they had to close. They had to close their doors. And when you are a small business owner, that is scary as shit because you don't know where those sales are going to come from or how it's even going to happen and you still have bills to pay. Like I I know the government is rolling out some things for small business owners and entrepreneurs and stuff and obviously I'm going to take advantage of that and look into it but I, I'm just worried like if this continues on the way it's continuing I don't know how things are going to stay up and running and that is a really scary thought because that is my livelihood and it's it's just a lot to process so I I mean thankfully I've got a lot of good people in my world and they reached out and I've been talking to people and being very honest about it like I am not okay <laughs> I would say like I'm recording this um on Monday here the 23rd and today was the first day since coming home on Wednesday that I feel semi-normal. Um, I am very open with all that kind of stuff. And I 100% got depressed when I got home and was faced with the reality of things. I just wanted to sleep. I mean, that could have been part of the jet lag as well. I didn't want to deal with anything. I didn't want to be on social media. I wanted to bury my head in the sand and hide under the covers and just not do anything and cry which I did for three days. Um, but I finally pulled my head out of my ass. I guess yesterday, I would say, started to get back to kind of normal. And today was just dealing with things, getting hold of clients. And the other thing with that is that a lot of people are getting laid off right now. So obviously, my memberships are declining. People are canceling because they no longer have a job and I I totally understand I can totally see where they're coming from it's an extra expense people don't have that right now they are bracing themselves and preparing themselves because we don't know how long this is going to last um, and when people are being told they don't have a job anymore they start looking at things that are just an extra expense and unfortunately uh, my memberships and programs fall under that which I mean I get it. At the same time, I want people to stay healthy and, you know, stay on top of their game and not slip back into their bad habits during all of this because emotional eating and stress eating is very high right now. And I want them to continue to do well and, you know, cope with everything. And I want to help them and I want to be there for them. But I also can't be mad um, for the people that are canceling because 
I mean, it's, it's, it's a trickle down effect. Like it's happening to everyone and affecting everybody. So I'm kind of at the point where I'm slightly numb to it all. I'm doing what I can. I'm checking in with clients. Um, I finally got caught up on all my emails today, which was a huge relief. Got to have a couple of Zoom meetings with clients and phone calls. So that felt really good, um, touching base with them. So I'm hoping just to find some kind of routine within all of this um, and just help people out as we go. I have some really, really committed um, and amazing clients that have reached out and even past clients that have sent me messages. Um, and it just, that helps tremendously because I feel like I have some support and that, you know, maybe once on all the dust settles with this, I can come out of it and be okay. I don't know at this point. Um, I'm really at the point where I don't have control over it all. So I'm not even bothering to worry or stress about it. I, this is my circumstances. I'm just gonna have to deal with it. I have two weeks ahead of me of no extra market sales. I've come to terms with that. And I'm just going to have to rely on the clients that I do have right now that are staying on um, and just be positive. So it's just, it's really hard. And I know people, and I am too, they're advocating for social distancing, for businesses to close down, shut your doors. But that's not an easy decision for a lot of people when they are a small business and that's all they have to live off of and that's all they have to pay bills. So just want to say like be gentle on people right now I know we're all in this together and I know people aren't following the proper protocols and it's driving me insane trust me um when they're you know you see pictures of people on Facebook and Instagram hanging out with friends and it's like now is not the time to do that like get in your homes and stay there kind of thing because it's not about you um it's not about you it's about the people that you could potentially put at risk and that's I mean yeah, it was a hard fucking decision to come home and quarantine by myself without my kid. Um, but I didn't want to put him at risk and I didn't want to put my grandparents at risk because I know that kids can be carriers and hosts of it, even if they don't have symptoms. And I would never, ever forgive myself if I ended up passing it along to him. He didn't show any symptoms. And then we went to my grandparents and he passed it on to them and they got sick. So you kind of have to look at the bigger picture here. Yes, we are young and healthy. That doesn't mean we're going to, you know, just float through this. And it, it may not affect us as much, but it could affect someone else a lot worse. And you have to think about that because there is a lot of people that have a compromised immune system and we can't put them at risk. We have to do our part. So there's just been a lot of emotions since coming home. It's been a lot. I kind of had a little mourning period because my trip got cut short. I was angry. I was sad. I was like, I, I don't do, I, I'm not the type of person to go on a trip like that and take that big of a leap. And I did it and it got cut drastically short. And I was very overwhelmed and sad with that and kind of angry that it had to happen that way and angry about coming home and having to deal with all the shit and it's just it's coming in waves um 
I kind I don't know what kind of days I'm gonna have. I mean, I'm not jumping out of bed in the morning, that's for sure. But it's definitely getting a little bit easier. Um, once I find a routine, I feel like it'll be better. So just know, like, if you're struggling and having a lot of emotions and depressive episodes and whatever, like, we all are. Um, we're gonna have good days. We're gonna have bad days. We can't control it. I mean, the most we can control is how we are reacting to it and how we're processing it. So, I mean, talk to people, reach out to people, um, like get some help if you need it. I mean, I've taken advantage of FaceTiming friends and family and phone calls and messages and be honest about it. If you are not doing okay, tell people that like, yeah, it's going to be hard and yeah, it's going to be emotional, but you you can't bottle. Th this is not the time to bottle things up. This is the time to get things off your chest and deal with it and talk to people who are going through the same thing, um, especially small business owners. If you have a friend that is a small business owner, reach out to them. Genuinely ask them, how are you doing? How are you coping? Is there anything you need me to do? Can I help you in any way? And just keep that support going because we need it. We need it so badly right now because this is a very big reality check that a lot of us may not come out of this um, with a full-blown business in the end. We might have to close our doors right off the hop um, and it might have to stay that way. And that is scary. That is very unsettling and nerve-wracking and... I'm seeing a lot of people doing pretty good with keeping the positivity up, but I have a feeling in two weeks it might not be the same. So just keep keep that conversation open with them and check in with them. And especially if you know someone who is having to quarantine or be by themselves, check in with them. I can't stress that enough. I mean, I'm a bit of a hermit as it is. I've always been fine with being by myself. That's not a huge deal. That's not what's bothering me right now. What's bothering me is the fact that I can't control any of this and that it's going to be pretty much a month since I've seen Casey by the time I'm done this quarantine. And that's tough. As a mom, that's tough. So, yeah, try not to get emotional right now. I didn't even cry today yet, so that's a big win. Um... But yeah, it's, there's so much going on and we literally are all in this together. Everyone's in the same boat and I know we will likely be fine coming out of it. It's just, it's a lot to sort through and deal with until things calm down. So please do your part, check in on your friends and family, wash your goddamn hands and stay out of the public. Only go there if you absolutely need something from the grocery store. Wear gloves, wear a mask, use hand sanitizer. Take all the necessary precautions because it's not about you. We can't be selfish right now. We have to think about other people and the people who are a higher risk at catching this awful, awful virus. And I mean, take note from the other countries. Like, they've already gone through it. They're in the thick of it and we have the opportunity to stop it in its tracks. So let's do that. Let's take the proper precautions and do it. And I mean, I am totally here if people need to vent or talk or whatever. I don't, I can't really offer you many answers to things, but I can listen. That is one thing I can give myself credit for is that I will listen and 
if you want my two cents, I will give you my two cents, but I am likely feeling the same things you are. So if anyone needs to talk or, you know, just get things off their chest, hit me up. You can text me, DM me, whatever. We all need to practice a little more compassion and kindness right now. So I feel like leaving that open for people to take advantage of is very necessary. So yeah, that's all. That's kind of my life in a nutshell right now. Um, Riley will be here tomorrow to quarantine with me, which means I will be starting my two weeks over. Um, but whatever, I am okay with that because it will be nice to have someone else out here with me and hopefully we don't get on each other's nerves too much. <laughs> um, I am planning on, well, actually, we'll see. I'm hoping to convince him to do an episode with me for next week, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of taking it day by day. I encourage you to do the same thing. Stay optimistic, but also realistic. And uh, definitely don't, don't panic. Don't stress over the stuff you can't control and just take a deep breath. Do things now that you know will calm you down and be good for your mental health. I mean, it took me a while to crawl out from under the covers, but now two days in a row, I've gone out snowshoeing with my dog and that has made a world of difference, just the fresh air and moving and having some exercise. So I can't stress that enough. Do it if you can, go outside for a walk, a social distancing walk. And uh, yeah, I, w I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope you're managing. If you're not, reach out and uh, I'll do my best to help you out. So make sure that you have subscribed, you're following along, and that you follow on Instagram and Facebook at Caffeine and High Hopes. And if there's anything else you guys need or want to add on, definitely let me know. Um, I'm looking at setting up some Zoom recordings and doing things that way. There's a few people I want to get a hold of because obviously I can't record with any new guests right now face to face. So stay tuned for that. And just in case, like you might just be listening to me for the next little while. But okay, have a good day, whatever day you're listening to this on. And uh, keep your chin up. We are all in this together. We will get through it. So thank you for listening. Thanks for checking in. And thank you for giving me the space to talk about everything. I really, really appreciate you guys. <laughs>